Bring it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, Ram Rucker for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Yes, it is. Happy Wednesday, Buckeye fans. I'm Timmy Hall. It's so good to be here with you as the week of the Memorial Tournament rages on. We haven't even gotten to the championship rounds yet. Of course, every traditional golf tournament is Thursday through Sunday. No different here with Jack's place. But as I was just talking with Jen and Bone in the last segment, it was so much fun just checking it out today i always try to go a day before we're gonna go and do some shows or do some actual work get the press pass get the lay of the land just see what the vibes are like and everybody was out there having such a good time and a lot of people anybody that came up and said hey to me uh i, I say hey right back i love that stuff i love talking to you guys whenever i'm out and about never ever be afraid to come up to me and say hello. I'm all about that because I can never really understand why anyone would want to take three or five minutes out of their out of their day or out of their time with their friends and family to talk to me. But if you did it today, that was awesome. And everybody was watching Steph Curry or Larry Fitzgerald, Peyton Manning, the sheriff was in town. And you know what? As uh, I'm, I'm rocking solo for this hour, by the way, because we got some great Columbus crew action, a much needed three points on the line against the Colorado Rapids. So, yeah, just the old solo show. No applause for Tyvis Powell or anybody like that. He will be here tomorrow and Friday keeping you company with Tito Thidoff as I will slide up to Common Man and T-Bone with Bone as we'll be live from the the typical booth right there off the paved path where the main entrance is by the short game area and that synthetic putting green that they have. So we will be there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. All of our shows leading up to the Buckeye show will be live out there at the Memorial. I got my, my guy Bodie Wells is back there running things. You'll find this interesting. So the sheriff... I mean, he's a gunslinger, right? Anytime he was out, you know, doing his thing in the NFL until it was late in the game and he was old noodle arm, right? Where he was letting the Denver Broncos defense lead them to a championship. It was about, you know, that Brett Favre mentality throwing for 45 to, you know, 56, whatever touchdown passes he had when he set the single season record. I had to watch him make the most conservative shot in golf today because he hooked a drive on nine so far left. He was pretty much right up against the fence of someone's property there, and he actually had to pull the golf ball out of some bushes there and the bushes of love just so he could get a club face on it. And what did he do? Did he try to go sheriff, gunslinger, and try to hook one around a couple of trees over the water and try to hold nine green somehow? No, uh-uh. He took the 56-degree wedge, and he just popped it right back out in the fairway. Man, what a conservative approach. That's that. See, that's that insurance pitch man, Peyton Manning, for you. That's what that is. Why would I try to risk something here and do more damage? Do the smart thing, do the safe thing, and put the ball back on the track. Really, that's what any beginner to intermediate golfer who's listening should try to do when they get out there. But I don't know. I don't know. Hero shots can be fun. <laughs> they can be. You know what? Take that back. Do whatever makes you happy. If you want to be the gunslinger, you want to go for the green with a 265-yard carry after you bomb the drive and risk ruining that, 
go ahead, because golf is supposed to be fun. Whatever you make of it, that's what you should do. But we got a lot of fun things to talk about during the course of the hour. We will go live out there to Muirfield Village, Jack's place, of course, getting caught up or getting ready for tomorrow. Full slate of tea times, morning and afternoon. Our friend Dave Holmes, the typical... What up home segment at 633. So he will be on the phone. It'll be fun to catch up with him as this great tournament gets set to go off. I want to talk a little bit about a Buckeye that I love in the NFL, who I just said back there. I don't think he is getting all the help he deserves. That's later on before we leave tonight. We will hear from assistant coaches coming up here in the first segment. And also at 619, we will get to catch up with the coordinators, both Jim Knowles and Brian Hartline who have had equally busy off-seasons, and for different reasons, 2023 is going to be huge, and I think for both, in their own way, filled with a lot of pressure. Let's start with this, though. This has been sort of the flavor of the month, right? I mean, we don't have a whole lot of other content that is generated in the month of May, so why not make it kick-time season? In a way, this kind of mimics what the NFL has done with their schedule release. Theirs is more organized. These kick times just fly out willy-nilly. I really don't know what the rhyme or reason is to what day we get some of this news. But if you do take a look at what's going on with Ohio State's schedule right now, it's the interesting thing about this, Bodie. It's going to be four different kick times now for weeks one through four on four different networks. And I know I can talk to Dave about this. It has it has been a long, long time since you had a regular season Ohio State game on CBS. And now with the new contract kicking in, we've talked a lot about these TV contracts and how they've been screwed up a little bit while we try to get to the finish line by Kevin Warren by not finishing a lot of the negotiation process. The CBS deals seem to be pretty solid and... You're going to have a game on 10 TV. You're going to get Buckeye football with our partners for 10 TV. So I know they're stoked about that. The type of pregame coverage they can do now leading into it and the postgame coverage all the way to their 11 o'clock news or wall to wall sports on Saturday night. It's going to be pretty wild, but four different kick times and four different TV networks in the first month of Ohio State season. This is kind of a neat thing. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty jarring to hear that. I want Brad like, Nestler to just bellow it out yeah, there. Yeah, I thought this was supposed to be SEC. It's like, nope, Buckeyes Hoosiers. Is he I still doing the, the games? Uh, Is it Brad still? Top guy for CBS? So, right? Because Moving on from I SEC? Yeah, I, I would think he would still stay with the I network. Would think so. I would to imagine. Yeah. And he's good. I, yes. Solid. I like now, him. Now, uh, Gary Danielson. Yeah. <laughs> Let's focus on Brad. Yeah, focus Brad, on Brad. Yeah. And if you only if you go, if you if you could only have one good one, you take the play by play. I think over the uh, more the analyst. I agree. I think the uh, thing that kind of jumped out to me a little bit seeing some of the kickoff times today is I wonder, and maybe it's been more recent, but I can't I can think of it just off top off the top of my head. Four o'clock. Um, well, what, not what's happened at four and not three thirty. Uh, three straight daytime games. It seems like in most of the time in recent years, the Buckeyes will play at least one primetime game, kind of right in that first two to three week window. Now they play one week four, so it's not like super late into the yes. season. But yes. most of the time, they either get you know a Thursday night game. I think they played at Bod Tech on Labor Day night, right? Am I they did. That, that was a Monday night game. Yeah. That was certainly yeah, certainly a night game, yeah. and that was on Monday. And normally they'll have you know you throw in like some of the the Vod Tech home game, the Oklahoma home. 
and road games. Now, the Oklahoma road game might have been the fourth game. I think that might have been a little later into the season. Third, I can't, third or fourth. Third or fourth. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to go back and check. And it definitely wasn't the first or second. Yeah, and then obviously last year, then you know, you opened up in prime time against Notre Dame. Yeah. So I have to imagine it's been a little while that you don't get a uh, prime time kickoff until. Basically a full month into the season, into uh, week four there. And, and everybody's got their preferences on this. This is what's fun about this because we can talk kick times and actually turn this into a topic because Saturdays are sacred to us. And you want it the way that you like it when you get so few of them. And you have to please a lot of different people, right? And especially when we mention what Kevin Warren did. I don't know how this is going to ultimately work out with how much bending over backwards you got to do for NBC, right? With them being promised the championship game in 2026 when it wasn't Kevin Warren's to give them. <laughs> yeah. So whether it's Whoops. paying Fox back $40 million, whatever they valued, which is a, a big-time value. Clearly, we understand that. Having the Big Ten championship game in that season with a walk-up to the college football playoff, which every football, every red-blooded football fan in America wants to know the outcome of and see a little bit of that drama, I understand that value. So whether it's giving that back or helping NBC out with these crazy amount of primetime games, we'll see where we land. But, you know, you got the 3.30 kickoff to start. So right in the, the the good blend of both, right? You can get the sun setting that time of year. It's not noon. It's not 7.30 or 8 o'clock. So it's right there in the middle to try to please the high nooners and the fans that love just tailgating. dark as night football. You, you get and, some of the tailgating yeah, in before. All day too stuff. Early. Yeah. But then you go from Indiana on the road, 3.30. That's the CBS game, 10 TV here. 12 o'clock, nice high noon. Couldn't be any other way for Youngstown State. I get it. You got the Jim Trestle factor there, but that's not going to do anything for you as to when the ball gets kicked off. I would like to see something neat for Jim Trestle done for that football game. I don't know how you couldn't. Some kind of remembrance. Have him on the field when the game starts. Anything we can do to beef up some Jim Trestle things for Youngstown State, we got to do it. Add some spice to that game. A lot of kick, a lot of paprika in there, whatever we can do to throw Jim Trestle all over that one. That's the noon, four o'clock, whatever, Western Kentucky, uh, Youngstown State's Big Ten Network, by the way. So again, uh, four different guess. networks, four different times, four o'clock, Western Kentucky on September 16th, the two home games there, Fox, and then September 23rd, as we knew, 730 on the road at your guys, Notre Dame, and that's the NBC game. So what was interesting looking at these times from last year, it was... Three of the first four were night games. But still, after all the digging, I don't think we've yet hit a point, and this has been newer, you know, where you have more than four primetime games in the 12 regular season games. Several examples of number four, uh, or sorry, of that hitting that number four. And in 2015, you had three consecutive games that were all at eight o'clock later in the season. Looked at that, and that one kind of popped off the page. There was a bye week in there somewhere. So when I posed the question with two primetime games so far, November 11th, 7.30 at home against Michigan State, NBC, and the Notre Dame game on NBC, you'd figure there has to be at least two more with what's going on with what NBC would like to get for their primetime slate. And I was looking at Penn State and Wisconsin's schedules and I think it works for them as well. So I don't know, Bodie. I'm looking at October 21 and October 28. Won a home game against Penn State. Won a road game at Camp Randall for jump around. I'm sure they would be into it. I'm sure Ohio State would be into having the Penn State game here be at night to spice that up because that's a big rivalry game. Those are the two that I would look at. Then you got 
you know, at Purdue on the 14th before that at Rutgers, November, November 4th, but you got the primetime game against Michigan state coming up the next week. So it seems like, you know, that Penn State and Wisconsin have two there might fit. Yeah, those two certainly seem to make sense. You kind of never know. Sometimes, you know, I'll say this as a Notre Dame fan. I think Ohio State can Ohio State fans can relate to it too. Anytime you play on the road, you always like half expect it to be at night, just because that's the brand, right? That's the Ohio mm-hmm. State brand. That it's like yeah. you can look at it and be like, ah, Purdue, that don't make sense. And it's like actually, nope, that would be sometimes that's a game. It, uh, that's where it's weird though, because now switching over to the networks, a lot of times you would think like, ah, hey, ABC might try to grab that one if it's not right. If there isn't another huge blockbuster, like for sure, this is the primetime game. They'll grab the Buckeyes because they can get the viewers, whether or not they're playing Purdue or Youngstown State. But yeah, with the network switch and, and like, you know, that all starting this year, that's where it could change things a little bit. But yeah, without knowing their schedule off the top of my head, Wisconsin and Penn State would certainly uh, seem to make sense, especially if those two teams heading into those matchups are probably realistically zero or one loss, maybe. And I believe our hottest up-and-comer from a broadcasting standpoint who has an Ohio State connection who's going to be part of the NBC primetime coverage, which we looked at their other slate of games leading in. It's not the greatest, but still very cool to see Joshua Perry's career, who's been a, a big help here for our radio station. All of us know him really well. He's co-hosted the Buckeyes show many times before. He's such a cool dude. I'm already seeing, I think he's on for that Youngstown State game, game two. Chris Vosters, Joshua Perry, and Brooke Fletcher. It's telling me right here. So there you go. Like you, you will... You'll get to hear some different voices, watch the Buckeyes on different channels, a lot of different kickoff times for that first month of the season. So that's the latest as kick time season <laughs> seems to be coming to a close, even though we still have uh, half of the, you see, we still have half the season to unveil the which kick times for. until, yeah. you know, Sunday before the Saturday, which is yeah. just always kind of annoying. A but. lot of those they'll, they'll keep, they'll hold those hostage until football season comes around. Like, like you just said there, they, they will hold those. But uh, we will hear from some assistant coaches here coming up, like I promised, as uh, we'll hear from the coordinators, including how Brian Hartline is making the adjustments as a coach from wide receivers coach to offensive coordinator and what keeps haunting Jim Knowles. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And while we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The fan. Preseason, midseason, offseason. We keep on rolling. You've got the Buckeye Show. I don't know why it in this month it is heavy offseason, but with camp season coming around the corner here in June, this is the last day of May, so we turn the page on another month. It just feels like we're taking a pretty big leap towards the offseason workout programs, and then once we get into the thick of that, the season's not too far off into the forefront. It's just, it, it, I don't know, maybe I'm just excited about a great sporting event in town locally this week in the Memorial that's got nothing to do with college football, even though there was a, I, I heard some talk from some of the patrons that there was a Jack Sawyer sighting out there, and he was giving everybody tickets to the gun show also. That's the other thing. Like, when it gets into the upper 80s, there's... There's only so much clothing a person can wear out there. And the sightseeing can be pretty damn good. It it really can be. It's a show. It's a scene, man, out there at Muirfield Village Golf Club for the Memorial. And speaking of that, I said we could hear from a couple more assistants or at least another assistant besides Brian Hartline and Jim Knowles. Larry Johnson, the famous defensive line coach over there at Ohio State, one of the most esteemed 
assistant coaches in all of college football with his experience and all the players he has coached, how how much he's known for developing great players. And when you see his track record and the guys that he has produced just here at Ohio State, not even going back to Penn State, it's been incredible. He was speaking a little bit yesterday, all 10 assistant coaches and Mickey Marotti, who pretty much gets the keys to the car for the offseason workouts. They all spoke. Here was LJ, really encouraged with what he's seen from the defensive line right now. I think we're not there where I wanted to be right now. I think we're getting close. I thought we had some good moments in spring football. I thought our guys played hard. That's what you want is to do, play hard. I thought technique were much better on video tape than I've seen. And now I just want to get the group to come together and play for each other. You know, I did a little bit of a, a quick dive into the numbers from just call it the three guys that we would expect the most out of from this defensive line. And we've been doing our little known commodities series, top known commodities going into the 2023 season at Ohio State. And two of these guys, and I can just tell you right now, Jack Sawyer is about to appear on that list. We're not doing that segment tonight, but we left off. With the top nine, so typically you wouldn't you know end a list at the top nine. But Jack Sawyer would be, if he's not ten, he would be eleven. He would be darn close, right up there. But we're talking about Jalen Tuimolowal, right, who had the unbelievably freakish game against Penn State last year. We'll never forget that one. The stat line he put up it was one of the greatest from a defensive player in college football history. And Mike Hall Jr. So those three guys, they're going to be the the ones that will pace this defensive line. And you want to give, you know, a shout out to someone like a Ty Hamilton, who could be that starter right next to Michael Hall Jr. In the inside tackle position. It could be a big opportunity for him. Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, backup defensive ends who are just oozing with talent. You know when they get reps, they're going to be able to show up. But I'm I'm looking at this the stats here from Tui Molowal, Jack Sawyer, and Mike Hall Jr. And you would probably agree that between the three of them, as good as we have them pegged to be, and where they're already appearing, all three of those guys have been spotted on first-round draft boards in 2024. More consistently, that'd be Mike Hall Jr. and, and Tui Molowal, but Jack Sawyer has been getting some respect there. Between the three of them, combined stats for the three of them in 2022, 71 tackles, 24.5 TFLs, 12.5 sacks. You probably say from two studly defensive ends and a freakishly gifted defensive tackle, you would want a lot more than that just by the numbers. I know the guy doesn't play this position, but go and look up the number two overall draft pick. Actually, yeah, he would be the number number two or number three. Will Anderson Jr. Where'd he go? Right after three. CJ? Yep. CJ yeah. went two. Look at his 2021 college football season. He alone, I want to say, smashes these numbers. I was going to say, even oh. as you read those numbers, that sounds like a single Bosa season, right? Or a single Chase yes. Young season. And there you go. You say Chase Young. Will Anderson, I want to say, I'm spitballing here because I looked at it about four hours ago. Over 100 tackles. I think his TFLs were at 30 in 2021. <laughs> and work. his sacks were at 18 or 19. How that guy didn't come closer to grabbing the Heisman? For a non-offensive player, I don't know. It just tells you we just don't do that for yeah, the award. It's, it's just quarterback basically, or nobody. Yeah, damn near. basically screams at you. Show me more. You know, give me thirty-eight sacks, <laughs> yeah. and then maybe I'll give Three you the a game, and then, yeah. then, then like, we come can on. start talking. Come on, Chase Young though. You brought him up. Twenty nineteen, forty-six tackles. So he, he couldn't do seventy-one tackles from that spot, but forty-six is a lot for a D lineman. Twenty-one TFLs, 
16 and a half sacks. And he missed a chunk of those games for the oh, know, ticket yeah, payments yeah. to his girlfriend to get How him out there for the bowl he? game. Yeah. Nowadays, guys just transfer schools because another Come school offers, offers them two million bucks. Ridiculous. But Young. <laughs> and that derailed what could have been one of the more special looking stat line seasons that you've ever seen. But there you go. So I would say we all agree from the numbers you're going to expect and you are going to get a lot more from those three guys as good as they are, as much as Larry Johnson is going to count on them. But let's hear from the coordinators right now. And let's start with Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator. One of the big topics is how do you prevent those big plays? One of the biggest topics from the end of last season is the big play threat from that back end and how it killed you against Michigan and against Stetson Bennett and Georgia. It's what, in his own words, gives him nightmares. It's haunted me, and, and but just haunting me, that doesn't do anybody any <laughs> yeah. good except it just yeah. keeps you know, so, so you have, So if it's a problem, you got to fix it. You got to take responsibility, take accountability. Then you have to say, okay, why did this happen? Somebody just not doing something right. Well, that all comes back to me. and I have to, you, So, yeah, you kind of go back to the start. You look at everything. You look at your teaching progression. And, and then, yeah, you have to learn. Then you say, okay, we're in matchup games. You know, those were two matchup games. We did not, I, I did not get the job done. So then you have to say, okay, how do I do a better job of, you know, from the start, planning out the defensive progression for those matchup games. You got- and you know, that that to me, just to to fade it down there with where he's talking about the matchups, and I like to hear a coach that will so easily talk about areas where he could get better. I mean, what's the problem with it anyway? I don't understand that inability to critique yourself. You're making so much money. So that's not anything of the issue. You're here for a reason, but if there's anybody out there that thinks they can't get better at whatever they're doing or they can't improve or they can't take some fault at something, how, uh, you know, A, how could you not? You're the coach. You're the coach of that whole entire side of the ball. So if some of your guys fail, even if you kind of know, all right, I put them in the position, but this guy's technique just He's not listening to what I'm saying. You either then have to be go in another direction and pick some different players or continue to work while take while taking some accountability. And Jim is doing that. And I think with another year in the system, these guys will have those bad memories of what that felt like to give up such big plays. A guy like a Denzel Burke is going to want to be so much better. A guy like Lathan Ransom, we know how talented he is. He's not going to want to give up that play in that spot. And then some of these other guys you bring in. I think Cam Martinez is going to grow a little bit more. You got Davison Igbenosin, the transfer cornerback. He's got some stuff to give Jihad Carter. All these safeties you have running around from Carter to Sonny Styles to Kai Stokes. A lot of options. Court Williams, just a lot of options where he can put guys in their spots where they can succeed. We go to the offensive side of the ball here. Brian Hartline, we talked a little bit about his comment where he kind of sidestepped it, but just eloquently said, I wish I would have just gone to bed instead of hopped in the ATV, which was a story of the offseason here. But Brian Hartline moving on from that. He's okay. He's switching from wide receiver coach to OC. It's a big adjustment. And here he talked about how he is managing that. One second. I had the thing down. There you go. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable. I'm not not to the point where I'm going to relax. I mean, I think that, see that back. I don't know if you're ever comfortable. I think that I'm very honored to be in the role I'm in. And I'm not taking it lightly, but I would never say I'm 
I guess I'm comfortable. I, I, I like the path we're on. I like the work that's being put in. And I'm excited to watch these guys work and apply uh, through summer. I think it's just natural. Nobody in this town, and not really anyone in the know around college football, would peg him to fail at this bump up to offensive coordinator. With what he's got in the tool bag, who he has recruited, how he's developed, I think just his quick rise in the coaching profession at all, he is almost almost feels like a made man. That whatever he's going to touch, whatever he's going to put his mind to, it's going to turn out successful. All right, we're going to go live from Muirfield Village Golf Club. Busy day in the middle of a busy week. Dave Holmes from 10TV. We'll talk a little golf, talk a little Buckeyes. It's coming up next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Common man and T-bone are idiots. You should listen to them anyway. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The fan, Ohio's idiot destination. Tailgating is a state of mind. You are listening to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall rocking and rolling with all you fine Buckeye fans on a Wednesday. Top of the hill Wednesday. We got some Columbus crew action coming up here in an hour, under an hour from now, 730 at lower. I don't know, man. Bodie feels like a good night. We just cut out here. Bone wouldn't go with me. Let's head to the game. Cheap tickets tonight. It might be one of the last, if not the last Wednesday games on the summer schedule here. Your kind of weather, you like it hot, sweltering. I don't know if I like it this hot. Yeah, oh my oh, god! Shit, it was come on, so hot it's not today. even ninety, and you're going to say I don't like it this hot. You hot. have to live in this window. Fair you enough. have to accept it. Yeah, you get out there if you're going to the crew game tonight. Hydrate, please. Well, by the time not the just sun, for the players. By the time fair. the sun peaks below one of the decks, I, I don't know which side. You know, the the east side of the stadium is going to get pounded with the sun. But I think the way that's built, you're pretty much going to catch a lot of shade wherever you're sitting. Still hydrate, Timmy. It's good for you. At any point. Hydrating is, is good. Do you mean hydrating? I mean, there's water and beer. So <laughs> yeah. is that what no, you're talking I'm about? Just looking for the H2, H2O, but <laughs> eh, mix in just a little bit of both. Yeah. Maybe. Somebody that must be enjoying the beverages right now is our pal Dave Holmes because we can't get him on the phone. <laughs> Either way, if we don't get him, we will catch up with our man Dave next week. I'm still, I, I, I can speak about what was going on out there because I spent a couple hours at least and it's amazing to me to see the turnout that we're getting for a pro am and and I get it you know S- Steph Curry is a is an icon he's he's out of this world famous type of money he's making what a great golfer he is too I don't know if people quite understand how talented of a golfer Steph Curry is you might just think oh yeah he can swing it because Peyton can swing the golf clubs but as I was telling you he hooked a drive way left on nine, actually had to move his golf ball, so that's a penalty. And then he, I think he wound up taking a triple bogey on nine. Now, I'm sure Steph could get those out there, but this was a guy that, what was it, two years ago, he got an exemption to play in a California Corn Ferry Tour event, which is the second tour right under the PJ Tour. A lot of World-famous golfers come up through playing that tour. If you don't believe me, just check out the winner's list of our event. That's at Scarlet. Every, right there at the, I don't can't remember if that's August or September, or what month that, that tournament lies in, but it's right up there at another one of Jack's places at the Scarlet Golf Club at Ohio State. You've had Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler both win that tournament. We can joke about how that winner's list is as impressive as the recent Memorial winner's list since Tiger ended his run of winning five of these bad boys. 
But that's pretty amazing. And Steph didn't make the cut, but he shot below 80. Both of those rounds in a professional golf tournament. This was not, That was not a pro-am. He was playing the ball down. I think he actually drove a ball into a cup holder of a golf cart on one shot. That was a thing, which he got a free drop for because that's a... It's a weird type of thing. I think Steph shot like a 74 in one of those rounds. He can move it. He can move it. So to see everybody out there enjoying him and enjoying kind of what the, what the tournament has to offer, where if you are a big basketball guy, if you love the NFL, a chance to go out there and blend golf in with some of the other sports and see how some of these athletes do enjoy the game. And so many of these guys that play on Sundays, I just saw something on social media how Sean Corrali and uh, Cole Sillinger, a couple other Blue Jackets, were there with Dave Metzel today doing a little stage thing. I wish they would just pick a coach, for God's sakes. Now that I see something CBJ-related, I feel like it's been a year. But uh, we'll go out there right now and get a quick chat with our guy Dave Holmes for some What Up Holmes. He's on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Dave, what's the story out there, man? What's been the highlight of your day? You know, it was a really fun-filled celebrity pro- and sometimes, you know, when you hear celebrity program, there's a, a major air quotes around the word celebrity. Uh-huh. Uh, but this was this was legit. I mean, they had Steph Curry and Larry Fitzgerald and Peyton Manning and Jake Owen and Luke Bryan. I mean, so, yeah, if you're a fan of sports and country music, it was your kind of day. Well, the other thing I was talking about, too, Dave, is just wh- how cool this event seems to be getting better every single year. And I don't even care what star golfers are missing. We can't change what uh, Liv is doing right now with no Brooks Kepka or Mickelson or Bryson and Cam Smith and those guys, but to have the guys that we do have and to see the turnouts. I mean, this thing goes all the way back to 1976. I know you hadn't been covering all of them, though your colleague Dom Tiberi could say the same. W- what is it for you that draws people to this event? What do you think Central Ohio rallies around with the Memorial Tournament? So I think first and foremost is Jack. I mean, I think, you know, we saw that with Arnie when, when Arnold Palmer was alive and he hosted his tournament that just the, had the, the patriarch behind an event is a big deal. Arnie had Bay Hill. I think Jack's first and foremost. I think second is the golf course. I mean, it's a top 20 course by every single publication in the country. And then third, I think a couple of fun tracks. Honestly, I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but the milkshakes matter. It's something <laughs> the players all talk about. If you ask them the first thing about Muirfield Village, they say Jack Nicholas and the milkshakes. That's what it's known for. So I do think that has something to do with it. And now that it's an elevated event with a $20 million purse, $3.6 million to the winner, um, that's a far cry from Roger Maltby winning $40,000 back in 1976 as yeah. the first champion. So yes. I, I think when you combine the prestige of Jack, the fun flavor of the course and the shakes, and then a little extra money, I really think it's a, a must-see event. And, and I don't even think too much about the live guys who aren't here. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka played a very limited tour schedule as is. He wasn't a guy who was playing 34 of it anyway. Phil Mickelson, although he did win the PGA a couple of years ago at the Ocean Club, has you know, not been a super relevant PGA player. He was more of a, you know, a father figure than a really relevant player on the tour the last few years. So mm-hmm. I don't think of it too much as who's missing. I think the field is really, really good. Dave, you kind of hit on some of these things in that last answer, and you're a big golf guy, so you pay attention to a lot of this stuff just for fun. But I think a lot of people want to know, you know, with Jack getting up there, you know, he can't live forever, but people want to know that the esteem and the prestige of this event is going to carry on after he's gone. And I believe that it will. And 
with it being an elevated event that certainly speaks loudly about what it's going to be. I just I, I think it's too built up now to lose any kind of steam as we go off into the future where it sits in the schedule. Now, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think that's the main question about this tournament is is at one point, like you said, Jack Nicholas will not be here and, and can it sustain the way it has? I think it will, too, because in no other sport does tradition matter more than golf. And I think that now this tournament with, you know, 47 years of history behind it, and I, I just think it's become a premier tour stop. And I, I don't think at this point it matters. You know, it, you know, obviously they want to give Jack the handshake because that's a life-changing moment for a pro golfer. But I really do think that the prestige and the tradition has grown at this point. When you have almost five decades behind something, you're, you're now two and three generations deep into seeing this as a major golf tournament. So I, I think the tournament long-term is very, very successful. When they elevated it, that was the tour giving it its stamp of approval as well, that they think this is a premier event. So, yeah, I think even long after Jack's gone, you're still going to see this be one of the top events on tour. And, you know, Dave and Jack, if you're listening, I'm not trying to kill you off, all right, buddy? Please. Live live yeah, forever. I, mean, I don't I don't know why yeah, don't, I went don't that ever route. Let Timmy Hall, don't ever take a drink <laughs> from Timmy Hall. If, if the bear is ever at a bar, don't drink what Tim Hall gives him. My goodness, you're trying to whack the bear. <laughs> right. Let's get let's get into Jack Jr. fast, right? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. no we, need to, we need to have a succession. We need to have an HBO show on who's going to succeed Jack for the head of the tournament here. Oh man, wouldn't that be good, right? It'd be a, it'd be a heck of yeah. a show. But I mean, we did the full swing documentary and how about a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at uh, to the Memorial Tournament, maybe on one of those next golf docs for Netflix or somebody? Yeah, it was it was cool. I had a chance to walk in the locker room today for a few minutes, and it was funny because they have a milkshake set up in there, yeah. and they've got two or three guys working it. You, you, whatever you come up with, they'll do it. If you say, I want a caramel strawberry Oreo shake, they might look at you funny, but they're going to make it. And it was funny to see all the players. I mean, the second they walk off the course, they walk right to that milkshake bar and each grab one as they walk out of there. I mean, it's the first thing they do. Some of that stuff, I saw CBS in there today shooting some feature pieces for the network coverage this weekend. But, yeah, it was really cool. All right, Dave, hey, appreciate you picking up the phone for us, buddy. We'll see you back in the studio next week. All right, thanks, guys. Yep, good stuff. Dave Holmes, what up, Holmes, from 10TV on the Bryant Heating and Systems fan guest hotline. So uh, no time for the Buckeyes right there, even though Jack Nicholas is one of the all-time great Buckeyes. We don't think of him in that regard, but he is. It's true. Hey, there is an NFL Buckeye out there right now whose situation is so strange, it's difficult to put into words how good he really is. Got more on his situation next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Big voice guy here to remind you that you're listening to the fan, Ohio sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh, bye-bye. If the colors scarlet and gray made a sound, that sound would be this. This is the Buckeye Show. Yes, it is. You guys are so great. Thank you for checking out the show tonight. We're here every single night at 6 o'clock, as you know. And if you do not catch it live or if you joined us late for some reason, every single episode is available for podcast download. Just search The Buckeye Show anywhere you get your audio, anywhere you get that sound, and it will pop right to your device. So that's great. It's completely free, too. That is awesome. So do it now. We are also brought to you here on the Buckeye Show by our good friends at CareSource. Indeed, we thank them. Bodie, before I hit this Terry McLaurin thing, he's the guy I want to talk about a little bit who is not really getting it totally fair with how good he is with the Washington Commanders quarterback situation. More on that with some comments he made. We are saying 
Farewell to the Cheese It Bowl in Orlando. Oh Rest in peace. man, yeah, gone but never forgotten. Yeah, well, you know the the game is fine. This I want to make this clear. This is just in brand name only. The bowl will be there. It's just changing hands from the Cheese It Bowl to another ridiculously great snack, the Pop Tart. Yeah. Elite so, snack, oh, I'd say. I, I wonder how many Pop-Tarts I had in my uh, in my heyday back in that, you know, elementary, middle school range. Because it was a lot. It was Well, you kept the weight off, number. pal. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and I, I had yeah. to get it off after maybe eating all those Pop-Tarts back Did then. Did you? I, uh, yeah, I could put away some Pop-Tarts, man. That was definitely a go-to in the morning. It was so quick. Back then, you know, you're not on your mind. A healthy breakfast isn't on your mind. It's quick. It's convenient. It tastes amazing. All that added sugar is probably not great for you. But when you're a kid, you don't care, man. Pop-Tarts are awesome. They're still awesome. You see, Just try not to eat as much anymore as I used to. These are the actual things I want to know in life. How many Pop-Tarts did Bodie consume in his lifetime? It was I lot. wish we had a data spreadsheet. We could hit a couple buttons and boop, boop, boop. It goes to a printer somewhere. And we can see him like that movie with Justin Timberlake where they've got the amount of time left in their life oh, yeah, yeah. on their wrist. And the poor people have very little time <laughs> and all that. I want to counter a little LED screen that says uh, pop tarts consumed, you know, Adam Sandler's click remote control, whatever it may be. I, I would like to know these things. How many beers I've consumed in my life? How many Blue Jackets games have I suffered through? <laughs> that type of thing. Pop-Tarts and pizza rolls, I think, for me would be a, oh, uh, man. Be a high number. It'd be a competition for number one. Servings of pizza board. rolls? Are you going to count every single Totino's pizza roll? Yeah, I guess you'd probably have to go more servings, because at that point, it'd be, obviously, pizza rolls. But, yeah, those two were definitely <laughs> pizza go-tos. Pizza rolls, man. Pizza you know, I rolls. Can, I, I can... can't tell you last time I had one, but they, they are, they were amazing. You don't have pizza rolls? You turn your nose up at pizza rolls now? I mean, I just, your I, old age of 28 years I, old? I don't go to the store and think, <laughs> like, let me get some pizza rolls. Like that's You that, should. It's just not on my mind, but I guess it should be. Maybe, I, uh, maybe I'm still missing out. Throw those in the air fryer, man, and oh, those gosh. would be fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the thing is with the Cheez-It Bowl, we used to get confused about this. Four days apart, I, and this was in the 2022 bowl season iteration, only four days apart, you had the Cheez-It Bowl and then the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. It wasn't the Citrus Bowl presented by Cheez-Its. It also started with Cheez-It. So it's just, it's a fine snack. I would go so far as to call it a great snack. I can't tell you if there's many days where I don't have Cheez-Its in the pantry. I even have a special airtight ceiling IKEA canister for the cheese that keeps the cheese it's yeah. fresh and has the snap off lid it's so fresh it's now so are, great are the uh just the og original cheese it's like extra toasty they've come out with okay so see, they're I, a little extra burnt but yeah, i don't need the white cheddar oh see i think the white cheddar is the best one. too much dust on the old That's fingers true. yeah they're not I great for the car ride if no. you're going on a trip but if you're just chilling at home those are the best ones in my opinion uh pop tarts you need to hit it with the brown sugar and cinnamon that's the goat toast s'mores yeah toast. Now, s'mores s'mores is up there yes elite chocolate fudge was always one yeah, of my favorites that's fine cherry good classic cherry i'm not into the strawberry or the blueberry I which never are popular the ones. ones any of them yeah i, was never I like a huge cherry fan. chocolate chip was pretty good those yeah. are probably my three favorite there well here you go i'll close it down with this so we got the bowl game stuff figured out terry mclaurin is such a good teammate for the washington commanders you know he doesn't have to say stuff like this but He's going, he's going so nice on Sam Howell, who apparently could be 
QB1 for the Commanders. This is not like getting scraps of a Alex Smith or a Carson Wentz, somebody that did have even a tiny bit of a heyday. And it's, yeah, maybe their second or last chance, but you've got some solid starts under their belt. This is just new ground here. And maybe that's what they're willing to try now. More of a Kirk Cousins middle round draft pick that could strike gold. But Terry says he's taken the bull by the horns and he's really led us a lot this offseason. Uh, it said that McLaurin knows a thing or two about breaking in new quarterbacks because he has played for, yes, 10 starting quarterbacks, and he just got re-upped into a new contract. He hadn't really finished his old contract, but he got extended because he's been so good and a thousand yard a year guy, but he only has 21 touchdown catches, and that's more the quarterback's fault, not his. We need way more touchdown catches for a guy as good as Terry, but he said, I think Sam has a real quiet confidence about him. He's not going to tell people what to do, but he knows what he's doing, and he gets out on the field. He is never going to be the guy, Terry, to say anything bad about his teammates, no matter what's been coming to him, but he deserves to have a chance, just a trial What Garrett Wilson is now going to luck into in his second season after putting up with that mess with the Jets QBs, now he gets Aaron Rodgers. You know, it doesn't have to be that level, but Terry deserves something. I hope at one point in his career, even if he has to leave Washington, that's me as a diehard Commanders fan. Yeah, (laughs) that would be painful, but he deserves to play with somebody who knows what they're doing out there and a chance to have some postseason success. I hope he gets it, but hey, we got a big night coming up. Nice little uh, spring night that feels like a summertime night, but we got live sports in the area. The arena district will be hopping. If you're going out there, have fun, be safe. I wanted to go, but I don't think it's in the cards. We got the crew in the Colorado Rapids. Crew in 10th place, 18 points in the East, need three tonight. It's next, and uh, enjoy the game, everybody, right here on The Fan. An ex-jock and a very puffy, smooth-faced man. These are the first voices you should hear. Morning Juice. Your wake-up service. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan. What's up, guys? Steel Chambers here from Ohio State University. And Latham Ransom here, DB at the Ohio State University. Are you part of a 